Alrighty, who's introing us? Y- me! Welcome to Three Wheeling, our bi-monthly, semi-monthly, every now and then when we feel like it podcast, where we talk about making friends in your 30s and then just a bit of the cultural things that we're absorbing, whether it be reading, watching or listening. I am Sasha Kelly. I am a podcast producer based in Melbourne and I am joined by my wonderful friend, Laurel Henning, who is a journalist in sunny Sydney. Laurel, I almost said welcome to the dive. Laurel, welcome (laughs) to Three Wheeling. (laughs) My day job's slipping through there. Um... What's been going on? How are you? I have to say, typical Brit talking about the weather straight away. Not so sunny Sydney today. We've got a big thunderstorm happening at the moment that you might pick up on my mic. But I am well. I am very, very well. Happy to be here. We both got our glasses of red wine just to hand. We do. It's Thursday evening. Friday eve. We're ready. Yes. Bring on the weekend. Bring on the activities. Um, So what friend making have you been up to? I want to discuss. Okay, so I feel like... I feel like you're going to table something big. You've got that sense where it's like, okay. I'm going in. I'm going in. Okay. Great. Obviously, we're talking a lot of the time about how you and I make friends. I want to talk Mm -hmm. about something I observed at the weekend, which is the idea of male bonding in a sauna. Okay, go on. I'm curious. (laughs) I'm curious. I am not a sauna person. Same old. And I have male friends who love saunas. Right, okay. Love them. Great. So the last time I was in a sauna before this weekend was with my dear friend Marika. We were, I just landed from Australia into Europe. We were solving my jet lag. We went off for the day surrounded by many couples. So we were in a very mixed environment. I had no idea that the sauna was a male environment, like a heavily male mm. environment. Okay, so this is this mm. is news to me, but you're the second woman this week who's who said that's the case, okay? So I was on a gorgeous weekend away this weekend past in the Blue Mountains, and my boyfriend had booked us into a really nice new sort of Finnish sauna experience, I think it would describe itself as, mm-hmm. where you're in mm-hmm. for two hours, you have 15 minutes in the sauna, then you plunge yourself into an ice bath, then you relax, you're back into the sauna, you ice bath, you relax, and so on. Now we arrived, and anyone who knows me, Chrissy, if you're listening to this, this is just like the hot yoga class that we went to when you were visiting Sydney, knows that when I walk into a new environment, I am like a rabbit in the headlights, terrified. I am a creature of habit to my core, and I could just see... My boyfriend was looking at me and he was like, is she going to get through this? Is she okay? I was not relaxed. And that was just being handed my towel and my robe. Okay. We hadn't even gone into the sauna (laughs) at this point. We walk into the sauna. Okay. We get the preamble as well. Sorry, this is a very long winded story, but stick with me. No, I'm just really enjoying like, I can just picture it. I can just imagine all of this detail your stress it's just brilliant but not brilliant I'm sorry you had to go through this yeah I'm stressed I'm like where's my robe yeah. I don't have a robe where's my towel I've got my little microfiber towel that I brought to the blue mountains but I yes. also want the towel that they're giving me to sit on mm-hmm. I don't have many flip-flops with me mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. well I need theirs it was all happening they give us a little preamble which is like okay so in the sauna we just like everyone to sort of respect everyone's space and speak softly and quietly if at all mm-hmm. great okay fine 
We go into the sauna. Sasha, I am the only woman in a sauna of, I swear, 15 men. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. I have, there was a moment where I was like, where mm, are my exits? Yeah. Am I safe? I was, I was not in the I'm a slave for you video <laughs> fantasy. I was like, am I safe? That was where it my mind went. It would have been great if you were dressed in pink satin. <laughs> okay. So we, so we sit down and I'm immediately just like the, te- the most tense I have ever been in this sauna. And one guy's like, I'm going to put some more steam on. I'm going to make it more intense in here. And I'm like, of course you are. Okay, great. I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. They're all talking about the development of the, the Western Sydney airport, rental prices. Mm, They're really yep. blowing out in there. And I was just like, what is happening? And then some of them leave. And then it sort of calms down a bit. A few, a few, a few people leave. And we start having quite a nice conversation with another guy there. But I just observed while we were there that there was this intense mm. bonding experience that had mm. been happening in this sauna. And I talked to another guy at one point. He was like, yeah, basically I come here. And even if I come here on my own, I know someone who's here. Like local, something for the local community. The guys love it. The gym bros love it. And my so boyfriend I'm- was loving it. He was thriving <laughs> in this environment. And <laughs> in the end, I was comfortable as well. But it just fascinated me this observation of male bonding in the extreme heat and then extreme cold atmosphere it was very interesting but the other social element that I felt was really interesting was that there was a moment in the sauna where there were six of us in there sorry seven three people having a conversation together and then two couples and the three people having the conversation it we we veered into a topic of conversation that I would say was not sauna appropriate. And I and one of the one person from the other couple started making eyes at each other. I was like a red flag to a ball. I thought, I'm gonna get involved. I'm about to head into this debate. Hold my beer, I'm diving on in. It's women's history month. Here I go. Yeah. Then a person from the other couple said, Oh, could you just maybe keep it down a little bit? And the three the three guys responded completely respectfully. And everything was fine. And I just thought this is a great example, actually, of something where there were people with really disparate opinions and approaches and everyone came together and resolved respectfully and had a good time. And I thought we need more of that and we need more examples of that. So I guess this week, this month, I am observing bro culture and I'm also observing good social interaction and we need more of it. So a little bit of a, a curveball from me. And I'm sorry for the chaotic edit that you're probably going to have to do, no, Sasha, but there it is. I love it. And it's just made me think, um, so there's a sauna at the pool that I go to and I always think, oh, I should go because my brother loves the sauna. And every time I go, I'm going for a swim. He's like, make sure you go to the sauna. And every time I'm like, no, I'm not. But I'm going to go now because you have just like given me an anthropological vision that I think is going to be worth studying. You're just going to go and sit on one of the levels and go. <laughs> I know. <I'm> just, <laughs> just, just look and observe uh, and slave. notice. Look, my friend making is super quick and easy. I am going on a trip in May. And I'm very excited and it has just given me the excuse. I mean, I never needed an excuse, but it has made me sit down several times and text everyone that I'm wanting to see while I'm there and make the plan because I don't necessarily want to broadcast it to the world of where I'm going. Um, But 
there's a lot of people in London and New York that I'd love to see and it's really important to me to catch up with them. So those are my two destinations and I'm really excited. And so I had a Skype breakfast for me and dinner with two friends in London earlier in the week or early last week. And I'm just really thrilled to be seeing everyone. So it's just nice to, you know, you do all that work to make sure that you've got these connections from places and different spaces that you've lived and worked. Um, But there's nothing like getting to see people in person. Yeah. And this is like the fruition of building that network when you're living overseas. I think this is the bearing of the fruit. (laughs) Yeah. And getting to go, I'm going to go stay with everyone. Of that, of that experience. And also, I think a really nice example, you going on this trip and getting to reconnect with these people is a really nice, you had quite a particularly chaotic COVID experience, I think. And to close the door on that, I know obviously COVID is still with us, but to close the door on that particular experience and get to see these people again in a much more positive environment is going to be so good. And I'm so happy for you. So nice. And also I've decided that because obviously everyone will be working and doing things during the day. Um, so I, during the day, am going to do London history tours. Oh. That is what I'm going to do with my time. Because I was like, you know, I've kind of done all the sites. I've done all the historic places and there's not really much that I want to go back to. And theatre is what I really want to spend some time going to and then I was like I'm going to do lots of walking tours and I'm going to be obnoxious and I'm going to make reels on my Instagram yes I have heard that there are really good architecture walking tours as well in London yeah yeah I've been following London walking tours on Instagram and he's great so I'm keen to go and like follow him around love it shall we dive on in what have we you I been watching um, do you want to go first? Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to give an honourable mention. Do you know what? Because of the off-menu podcast, I've really struggled to say honourable mention now and not honourable mm. munchen. Munchen. But that's my struggle. Um, I want to give an honourable mention to some a gift that you gave me, Sasha. <gasps> Did I? That keeps on giving. And that Excellent. is Jeff Therapy on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with Jeff Therapy. And I keep going to want to share things. And then I'm like, no, people don't. Not everyone is into this. I know, I keep wanting to add him to my story. And then I'm like, people will take this personally. And it's not intended. But it's brilliant. It's just brilliant, constructive, simple, straightforward relationship advice in an Instagram reel. And we love to see it. And Jeff is brilliant. He also mm-hmm. has a great cardigan collection shout out to that yeah this month I'm watching all of us getting therapy from therapy Jeff but I'm also really enjoying and want to take a deep dive into this discussion I know I feel like we are in a month of great new tv series yes there is so much happening and there is so much to come succession Uh but I want to talk about Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, Laurel, you just stole my watching. (laughs) Let's discuss it. Let's take a deep dive because I think there's a lot to discuss here. There's so much. You've read the book. I have not read the book, but have you? I assume I have read the book. Okay. So I have to say I kind of steered clear of the book. As soon as something is so intensely loved in that regard, I have to say I'm sort of like, meh. Sometimes. Not everything though, actually. But sometimes mm. I'm a bit of a refusenik. This is a theme. You have brought this up before, the refusenik theme, especially with television. 
Yeah, it's, it's more of a television this. thing. I think that's kind of why I'd avoided Succession for a while. I think and I Game avoided of Game of Thrones for a while yeah. for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Daisy Jones and the Six. I'm going to give a synopsis of the TV show having not read mm-hmm. the book and forgive me. That's all right. Basically, if you have grown up in a family where Fleetwood Mac was played frequently and you're aware of the drama that surrounded the creation of the Rumours album and all of that kind of stuff. It feels like a fictionalised version of that. The TV show is based around this idea that there was this phenomenally famous band for a very short period in the 70s and then they at the height of their fame they performed at a concert, they never spoke again. And then the TV show is done in the format of one-on-one like actual documentary interviews with these characters and then it flashes back to how the band came to be and their journey to success how they went from being a band of brothers and friends to daisy joining them then becoming daisy jones and the six all of this now it is an easy watch it is a comfort watch yeah the pace has come and gone a little bit, in my opinion. I would say mm-hmm. the perfect episodes so far were like three to five. And then I okay. feel like we've dipped a little bit. I have to say, from my perspective, I am living for the fact that there's an album that accompanies this show. Like yes. we are in the universe of this TV yes. show. If nothing else, come for the 70s fashion and the music. If you grew up with and loved Fleetwood Mac music. Then I think there's a whole discussion to be had, and this is what I want us to get into a little bit. Yeah. On the idea of even the music that's been released is so close to like some of the riffs at the beginning of the songs. You're like, mm. oh, this is the chain. And the fact mm. that Daisy Jones is Stevie Nicks, like she she is like Stevie Nicks, the whole like witchy woman thing, the way that Karen is very Christy McVie. I know that there are other events that happened that I think Ronnie Wood's son of the Rolling Stones was born during like a house party that the Rolling Stones were having or something like this. So there are other sort of 1970s rock and roll myths and legends that perhaps are mixed in here. But I wonder, we've been having a slight discussion in this household about (laughs) whether, basically, is there anything new under the sun? And Mm. it's nice to enjoy and it's a comfort watch, but is it kind of cheap that it's so close to being uh, actually Fleetwood Mac, but it's not. And is it, you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. I think this is when, and this is a very rare occasion when I've read the book and you have not. I Celebrate it, enjoy it. <laughs> I Yeah, I know. It's never going to happen again. Um, <laughs> I actually, I agree with you on all of it. And I think my... I don't want to say issue because I'm really enjoying the TV series, Mm. but I'm really thinking of it as like a bit of a junk food watch. Like it's not, it's it's, a Sunday night comfort watch. It's really slick and it's really well made. But what I loved about the book is it's actually all written from transcripts and newspaper articles. There is no narrative. So the interview technique is in the book it's done with the interviewer or the producer interjecting and so what I think I remember starting reading it thinking oh this is such an easy read is there more to it and what I think showed that Taylor Jenkins read is actually a really gifted writer is that she manages to weave a really clever narrative through what seem to be quite innocuous pieces So you just seem to, it's really, really easy to read because you're just reading like these newspaper articles. And then about halfway through the book, you're like, oh, 
I have quite a good sense of who Daisy Jones is. I have quite a good sense of who Billy is. I have quite a good sense of who Karen is. You don't, it's kind of a commentary on how, well, this is my reading of it. And I might be ruining the book. Sorry. Apologies to everyone. It's quite a good commentary on how much the public persona is up for sale and how much Mm. you know of people when you put everything side by side. So I think that's my way of saying that I love it. Um, But I found the book a more kind of intellectual exercise. And when it is transferred to screen, I don't know whether that translates, but I just love her hair (laughs) and I love her clothes. (laughs) And I don't care. (laughs) I think that perfectly summarises how I feel about this TV show, which is I have all of these internal thoughts and debates about the culture. And then I think, but her crochet top is just great. And that shearling jacket, I want it. So I know. And I also think like, oh, I never, because, you know, I've worked in marketing and I've worked in PR. And when there's some interviews with um, Riley Keough and she's like, I didn't know if I could sing. I've never sung before. And I'm like, how did the, the granddaughter grand- of Elvis never sing? <laughs> I know. I'm like, come on. We've all sung in the shower. You know, you don't. She can, she really, can really. I sing. think she can really sing. That's not a, I was mute like Ariel until I was 18. And then I opened my mouth and, oh, this came out. You know, I'm, I'm calling a little bit of. Um, uh, okay. That's interesting. a bit of a PR spin on that. But anyway, I am really enjoying I, I think she's really genuinely talented. And actually your earlier point about the music, when she, the, I can't remember which episode and she goes in and she plays the piano. I also think it's too mm. many episodes. Having read the book, I think 10 is really ambitious. Yeah, I thought six to eight would have been perfect. And then suddenly around between the six and eight mark, I feel like the pace suddenly just slowed so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not sure that there was that much to flesh out. But when she goes in and mm. plays the piano mm. um, solo in the bar and I thought, whoever's writing the music on this, it's because re- it's just new enough that it's a new song, but it's completely in keeping with the Elton, um, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Carol King kind of style ballads at the time, which were like mm. much more complicated than you would say a piano <laughs> ballad is today. But I've had some of the songs from this show in my head for days at a time. I did actually listen to the album separately yesterday while I was working. Yeah. I haven't done that yet and I've been thinking I should. That's a cool little factoid. You're welcome, listeners. Okay, so we matched on our watching. Okay, what have you been reading, my love? She is! I'm happy for you. I'm back in the swing of it, Laurel. I'm so excited. Um, I finished last night. I didn't check my clock when I went to bed (laughs) because I had one of those delicious nights when you go, I'm just going to read a couple of pages before I go to sleep. And then you finish the book and I haven't done that in yonks. um, So I suspect I went to bed at 1am, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I finished um, The Lost Man by Jane Harper. Have you read any Jane Harper? The Dry, Exiles. They're really, I I don't want to diminish her when I say this. They're really great airport holiday reads and I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment I think they're uniquely Australian she does this really she really beautifully captures the landscape this one it's again it's a murder mystery a kind of thriller murder crime mystery about three brothers one of them is found dead on his property and it's kind of a mystery about how that happened 
of course the outback is perfect for that kind of setting because it's like so sparse and isolated and not a lot of information I was thinking about it because it took me quite a long time to get into the book Um, and I think because it's quite quiet it's actually just a little family piece between um, all the characters in the family and then just gradually they're just revealing bits of information about themselves so obviously they all know each other really well and you as the kind of third party are just getting to witness this through conversations but it was just a really satisfying read would really recommend it as a holiday mid mid-year holiday read not high literary art but I think that that's kind of snobby of me to say that so yeah I'm just I just really enjoying it I feel like the Jane Harper recommendations are creeping up on me so intensely now that I have to I have to go in and I think it's also as you say like the depictions of landscape she is mm. so beloved as an Australian author as well. I think have you it, I read think any of her? It's worth a visit for me. Have you read any of her pieces? Here. Her pieces. Have you read any of her books? Okay. The Dry is very good. I would watch the movie though because it's also equally, like it is one of those ones where the book and the movie are the same experience and Eric Banner is just so good at being Eric Banner. But I had, I had some people who were not happy with the really? movie by okay. comparison. Mm. So mm. that's interesting that you say that though. Yeah. Anyway, what about you? What have you been reading? I want to dedicate my reading segment, Sasha, to small books. Small because books? Because maybe we've swapped roles this year. I've been feeling like I've been in a bit of a reading rut or slump. I actually feel like I've been reading some really good books, but I haven't felt enthused by my reading experiences. But I want to give a shout out to some slim, some slim reads that have just cleansed my palate and made me very happy. First of all, <laughs> I just need to give a little shout out to the memoir slash it's not a memoir of Norma Macdonald that my boyfriend oh. shoved into my hands. <laughs> and I just want to read a little excerpt from a slate review linked to it after Norma Macdonald uh, passed away, I think a couple of years ago. So Norma Macdonald, for anyone who doesn't know, was an SNL cast member at one point, sort of beloved Canadian comedian. Yes, this is what's... Um uh spruiking I was gonna say spruiking my memory you know what I mean yeah that's a terrible phrase so in this slate article which is by Rebecca Onion and it's from Mm -hmm. 2021 so he yeah he died a couple of years ago um but she says she refers to a I think it was a New York Times review that came out when the book came out that made it was less than glowing and so she sort of didn't pick it up but her boyfriend was like please read this I love Norm Macdonald so it's a very similar experience to to my own and she says Mm -hmm. I think Williams who was the New York Times reviewer missed the point in that last bit which is that the book is by an author deeply aware of what an awkward fit he made with the world of Hollywood celebrity an author who made that awkward fit into kind of the point in this quote-unquote memoir the character of Norm is constantly wearing an SNL jacket, a Norm show t-shirt and a dirty work hat, a walking embodiment of insecure, grasping celebrity and the opposite of whatever Norm, who famously lived in Los, Ange- in Los Angeles but didn't drive and so attended very few <laughs> industry functions, was in real life. Um, <laughs> so the idea of... And he says, and I, I did love this line in the book, New York City was the site of my greatest success, the narrator writes. I made it there and then I didn't make it anywhere else. I guess Frank Sinatra isn't so smart after all. That's so good. But it just, this book was exactly what I needed when I needed it. Do you know what I mean? But in praise of 
perfect small books, I need to discuss with you Claire Keegan, who will be speaking at Sydney Writers Festival in a recently added event to the lineup. For those of you mm. seeking to book your tickets, I may have spent far too much money already on, on my Sydney Writers Festival tickets, but that's another conversation. Small mm-hmm. Things Like These by Claire Keegan. It was nominated, I think it was in the running, I think it was in the shortlist for the Booker Prize last year. And mm-hmm. it is 110 pages. You would read it in an afternoon. It is set wow. in an Irish town in uh, just leading up to Christmas 1985. And we follow, the main character is Bill, I can't remember his surname, but Bill is, um, I believe, his his first name. I may have got that completely wrong. Maybe you should check it out when you edit this. <laughs> the reader, but Bill works. Yeah, the, reader, yes. the reader follows the main character, who is the father in a family of, yeah, father, mother, two daughters. I think they have two daughters. And leading up to Christmas, and he's sort of man in his 30s, delivering coal and wood around the town, and kind of wondering what the point of everything is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And in this slim novel are so many hidden depths and layers of community, mm. what community means, what goes unsaid in a close-knit community, and also the control of the Catholic Church over such a small community in mm-hmm. Ireland. And then there's a sort of, well... Then there's a feature of the Magdalene laundries. Yes, I'm familiar. Yeah, the which Abbots you'll know if you watch the movie Philomena, which came out a few years ago with yeah. Judy Dench. Um, and well, you'll know if you're familiar with Irish history, obviously, but maybe that's where you've experienced it in popular culture is what I mean. And basically, yes, the character, the main character of Bill is sort of interacting with this question of what he will let go unsaid and whether he will act on something that he sees that he believes is wrong this book is about to be made into a movie starring Killian Murphy and <gasps> Emily Watson oh and I think it's going to be great and it's just there was so much in this tiny book and I just thought it was an absolute masterpiece in efficient writing and I love a waffly flowery novel don't get me wrong war and peace I've read it, but (laughs) I love it. You know, I love my flowery historical fiction, but Mm -hmm. something that's really like excruciatingly precise. I just, I live, I live for that as well. So I would really recommend small things like these by Claire Keegan. And if you're in Sydney for the Writers' Festival, which is coming up in May, she will be speaking at an event there. What have you been listening to, Sasha? What have I been listening to? This is actually my, I, the least, the least of my things. That doesn't make any sense. I have not been spending a lot of time listening to anything new. I do want to give a shout out though, and maybe this is a nice little epilogue to Spotify's Daily Drive. I wake up to it every day now and it is just exactly what I want. And it's just like a good mix of what I'm listening to. I'm trying to listen to more music again because I'm back at work. So I'm producing a lot and I'm listening to a lot of content. The Probably the only recommendation I would have as a podcast is one called Making Media. It's very nerdy. It's probably not necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but it's two guys who've started a media company and they're interviewing the best broadcasters they know in the business. I've picked up a lot professionally. So I think that's kind of where my head's at at the moment is that I'm listening to stuff from a work perspective. And so I've really... I think you're very good at doing this, whereas I feel like I leave work and I'm like, no more! (laughs) Yeah, I think I spend a lot of time 
listening to stuff for work and thinking about it and thinking about what we can steal. And so I think that's why I've kind of gone back into my regular routine of what I listen to for fun, which I've all of which I've recommended before. Um, But in my spare time, I've gone back into music. Um, And but but that I've handed over to Spotify and I've just said, like, what are you going to play me, Spotify? The only gripe I would have, the only gripe, Laurel, For is those that of you from Spotify listening. Yes, of which I do know someone, but I don't think she's responsible for my daily drive. I have never listened to Kylie Minogue, not because I don't like Kylie. She's just not been in my rotation. She's not been in my playlist. Every day, Magic by Kylie Minogue is in my playlist, and I do not know why. There's Dua Lipa, there's Sting, there's Taylor Swift, there's Fleetwood Mac. Of course, Sting's Br- there. Yeah, exactly. Love my life. There's Bruno Mars. And then there's just Kylie. She just pops up at the end every day, and it's magic. And so I have a theory that they have paid, Kylie's team have paid, or like I'm hitting some Venn diagram and they're putting me in the mix. Do we think that's linked to the fact that she recently performed at World Pride? Within yeah, the last month, maybe. maybe she's getting a bit of a run on Spotify because of that. Yeah, but you know, I just I'm perplexed. Everything else in the playlist, I go, that's perfect. That is exactly what I want to listen to, except for that song. And how does Daily Drive? Because I've actually never listened to my Daily Drive. How does <gasps> Daily Drive differ t- to your weekly discovery playlist? Uh it isn't new music. It's a lot of stuff that you've listened to, and then the occasional new one in there. So it's a lot of stuff that you already like and it knows that you like. Um, and then it puts a podcast in every three or four songs, a, a news oh. podcast. Yeah. So it's like designed as like a wake up in the morning. You hear a couple of songs, then it gives you the news of the day from the ABC. Then you hear a couple of more songs then you hear another like a business piece of news. So it's like a quite a good blend and I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying it from the sense that like it's, I feel like it's making me rotate my music a little bit more. Like usually I would just listen to Taylor Swift again, let's be honest. Um, so I do feel like it's making me aware of my broader catalogue. Anyway, what about you? What are you listening to, Laurel? Well, obviously I'm listening to the Aurora album by Daisy Jones and the Six, which we've referenced already. Um, in that same vein, actually, I went to, so I'm doing what you did last time we recorded. I went to a concert. I went to see Florence and the Machine a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. And, oh God, she was spectacular. It was almost 11 years to the day since I'd last seen her in concert. And this was a much bigger venue than when I last saw her. And I think I'd probably forgotten just how many great songs Florence and the Machine has. And yeah, it was just, it was a great, great concert. It was really, really good. But I also want to give a shout out to, I'm currently listening to audiobooks quite a bit. And at the moment I'm listening to an audiobook, well, a book that came out in, I think 2019, See What You Made Me Do by Jess Hill, which is an Australian book about domestic abuse. And it is, wow, not a light listen. That is for sure and certain. But it is fascinating. And her her journalistic uh, exploration of statistics, studies, her ability to tease out theories and approaches over past decades and current theories and approaches to domestic abuse, domestic violence is really impressive. Some of the accounts in there are... It's a really... It's a depressing listen. Like, I can't... 
I can't sugarcoat that. It is, and I'm really glad that I'm reading other things alongside it. Hence the Norm Macdonald read, probably, as well. Um, But it just... It's been really eye-opening, and it's really made me think about my own um, preconceived ideas. The chapter on patriarchy, I think, is the most nuanced discussion of patriarchy with and domestic abuse and what it means to be a man and what male fears around shame are that I think I've ever heard and it that was the chapter that made me question my own or made me confront what I thought were quite what I realized were very black and white views about domestic Mm. abuse and I think I mean, yeah, not black and white in terms of, is it wrong? But just in terms of who's involved here? What's the experiences that are coming to play here? What's the systemic issue? What are the systemic issues mm. here as well? Yeah, How is the system letting everyone down in various ways? It's a fascinating listen. Go gently if you're listening to it, if you're reading it, but you will learn something. And yeah, I think unless you work in that space... It is an important listen, and I and especially because I feel like we are fed a narrative that it happens to certain people and certain kinds of people, and I think this really just blows that open for you and makes you understand and realizes forces you to confront the idea that this is happening around you everywhere all of the time. I, yeah, it's exceptional. So, um, see what you made me do by Jess Hill. Um, but make sure you have a comedian's memoir to hand at the same time. Um, I went and a little bonus watch. I went and saw Prima Facci on Monday night and it had similar impact on me in the sense of like, I thought I knew what I felt about that issue and I thought I knew what the play was about. And I definitely had to confront some of my own internalized views during the course of the play. And I think that's what great theatre is about. But I think also it's always a surprise to me when there's things that I think are just black and white, as in right and wrong. Um, and there's always nuance that you can tease out. And I I just want to say as well, like I feel like I, have be- I thought I had become more comfortable with inhabiting the grey. I thought I had become more nuanced. And this has made me realise that mm. I'm still incredibly black and white. And I think finding the nuance is really important. And that's a whole other discussion about being able, well, it come, brings us full circle back to the sauna, but in terms of like, it's important to be, it's important to be able to disagree with people well. And I think that's something that we, that's a whole other discussion for another podcast, but I think it's something that we find really difficult to do at the it's moment. It's so hard. And it's, it's really so important. It's very hard. Well, I think we have to put an opinion in it there, Laurel. Otherwise, we're just going to talk forever. We're going we to, we're going to spiral also into some sort of cultural sociological discussion. But let's pick up the vibe. Let's not be too sad. Come and interact with us on Instagram. We are at Wheeling Pod. We would love to hear from you. Slide into our DMs. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, (laughs) if you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you share it with a friend? Please. Spread the love. Pass the pod along. You can also email us. We are threewheelingpod at gmail.com. And I also just want to say thank you to a new listener, Natalie, for we are also absolutely here for this highlighting the fact that I had a typo in our summary of what our podcast was about which has been there for probably two years wow 
basically since we set up the podcast and no one has ever questioned me on it and I was like thank you so much for pointing that out excellent thank you Natalie thank you Natalie that's that's what true love and true friendship is all about and that's what we're here for at Tree Wheeling so I think until next time thanks for listening and we'll see you then we'll talk to you then bye bye bye